to Season 2, Episode 38 of Gavin with the Gala Sisters. You're going to spend the next few hours with us, so we advise you to get a cup of coffee, tea, juice, water, or your drink of choice, and maybe a snack. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rhea. And we're the Gala Sisters. We're actually Irish twins. Yeah, which means we're 15 months apart or less. So I'm going to put the regular disclaimer in here that there are going to be spoilers about Anon Came Polly and probably some other movies too. If you haven't seen it and you want to remain spoiler free, then go watch it and then come back and listen to this. Also, we are a little congested. No, we do not have COVID. It is just a regular common cold. So please bear with us today. You may know us from YouTube as the Gala Sisters. However, we are going to do things a little more casually around here. And with that, we'll take a look at Along Came Polly. Well, after we did Silver Linings Playbook, did you really think we wouldn't do this? I mean, is this the same movie? Essentially, yes. David O. Russell, I think that you uh, stole your idea from John Hamburg. I mean, I don't even think that it's necessarily mutually exclusive between these two movies. I think this plot has been done before. I think the difference between this and, like, say, like, Win a Date with Tan Hamilton, which, hold tight, we will do that. Yes, we will. Is that it's not as, like, this, like, fluff, like, oh, he's so handsome, and I'm going to marry him. So it's not like that. No, not at all. And as we are filming this in the month of February... We, we are thinking a lot about Valentine's Day and how much Valentine's Day makes us want to vomit. It's just, you know, we don't care about love. We don't care about that. like Romantic love. I care about, about love. I love my cats and I love my kid. And I love the car. But I don't love anyone romantically. I don't have that ability. And no, we're not asking you to change. So this movie stars Ben Stiller and Jennifer Aniston. Both of which are quite famous in their own right. Yeah, they are. Jennifer Aniston was Rachel and Friends. Among other things. Which is funny. Okay, on a side note. My name is Rachel. And I named my daughter Emma because Rachel from Friends named her daughter Emma. Well, it was started out as a joke. But then I loved it. I'm like, I love this name. I'm just, I'm going to steal it for myself. And you know what? I was 20 when I had my child. So at the time, I thought it was a great idea. And you know what? I stand by my decision. Nobody can change my mind. And of course, Ben Stiller. Oh, I love Ben Stiller. Like, I love the movie Dodgeball. I love Zoolander. There is only one Zoolander. Don't tell me there's two. Blue that's Steel. A that's a lie. Blue Steel. But I think that... It's an interesting idea to pair Jennifer Aniston with Ben Stiller. They have it really works. good chemistry. And I wish they would do it more often. They have great chemistry. And uh, Ben Stiller's parents are both famous. He had, obviously, Jerry Stiller, who was in so much. He was in so much. But I'd say most notably the King of Queens and Seinfeld, neither of which we liked. But there's a third gala sister. And she loved both of those shows. Or she loved both of those shows. Mm, Jerry Stiller is hilarious. And his son is also funny. I mean, Jerry and his wife, Anne Amira, were both comedians. And they actually toured together. Yeah. They had a show together for a long time. They were quite the pair. And clearly they passed down some of their talent to a son, they probably also just taught him a lot. I think he looks like the two of them combined so much. He's got that same forehead as his dad, and 
he kind of like almost like walks the way his mother did. Yeah. Do you he, see it? He does. And sadly, Anne and Jerry have passed away. Anne passed in 2015, and we all remember when Jerry passed in 2020, making 2020 one of the worst years ever. Although I would argue that 2021 was way worse than 2020. If you want to know why, then go watch our YouTube channel. I think that what I think makes these sets these movies apart is they're not some like ridiculous, like frou-frou fluffy, you know, like, oh, you're so hot and you're so sexy. We just, you know, again, those movies are just not for me. And I would definitely say that here's why I compare Silver Linings Playbook with Along King Polly. A normal, everyday, workaday guy gets into some kind of an altercation, albeit with words, albeit with his with his wife. Mm -hmm. And then this person who is going to change everything sits in the wings and snaps that person up. But he's resistant to it because he's spiraling, because he had his heart broken. Although Ruben does not end up in the hospital. I think he's, he's portrayed as hurt, though. But he's very hurt, and his OCD seems to get worse after she cheats on him, which makes sense. Uh, we both have OCD, and OCD can manifest itself in so many different ways. And yes, it is considered a mental illness. However, it can be used to your advantage, especially in a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the part with the nuts... Where he's talking about how sticking your hand into a bowl of nuts at a bar is disgusting. It kind of is. But back in 2004 when this came out, you would have done that without thinking twice. A lot of people would. I know I did. Yeah. But but uh, after I got divorced, my OCD got a little worse. And then when the pandemic came around, you start thinking about these things. Like, guess what? A lot of people don't wash their hands. And they stick their hands in those nuts. And then they might have COVID or poop on their hands. And ew. Or anything else. Literally anything else. Yeah. And I think that, you know, and again, it, it does tackle the, the mental illness aspect. Maybe in a different sort of way. But it does. I mean, there's mental illness in Silver Linus Playbook. And there's mental illness in, in uh, Alon King Polly. If this film was made today, though, they would never depict him dumping those nuts on the ground and eating them or him conquering his OCD to devour a bowl of contaminated nuts. They they wouldn't do that anymore because we take that type of stuff more seriously in general. Obviously not everyone is because there are pandemic deniers and there's still people who I'm sure are just like, I need to wash my hands. I can be disgusting. It doesn't matter. And so basically... He plays a man by the name of Ruben um, Pfeffer. Yeah, and he has so many different names throughout this film. It's hilarious. They call him Lubin and Pfeiffer and Pfeffer. And, and it just it's hilarious because they're always making fun of him. <laughs> but you're going to have that guy who steals your significant other your, or something like that. And then you're going to have to learn to live without that person. And, you know, it happens in both of these and what, what's interesting about this movie is that in many ways, I think Rachel and myself can see us as Ruben, but we can also see ourselves as Polly. Yep. We have uh, IBS-like issues, 
We have really gla uh, sensitive stomachs. We have glass stomachs. And spicy food is fine for us. Mm -hmm. But at any moment of any time, you could be running to the fucking bathroom. Yeah. And I totally get that. And that would make dating hard. I don't date, but, you know, you'd be walking to the store and you're like, oh, crap. The last two times we've gone to the laundromat, yours truly has had to. You're like, oh, shit, I gotta go, bye. <laughs> and I'm just like running to the bathroom as fast as I can. Yeah. And so I get that. You have OCD. I mean, I'm not going in the ocean. You ain't touching me. <laughs> no, ew. Ew, you, you know, you better wash your hands before you even come to my house. Uh, all sorts of stuff, but we're also like Jennifer Aniston's character, too. We, you know, take risks. You know, we have befriended people who have made it hard mm. and have, you know, you know, it's going to be a risk. Like, anytime you go out of your door, it's going to be a risk. Like, you get in the car. Yes, going to it, getting in a car is not always safe. Befriending someone, not always safe. Yeah, I would say that that's exactly what we do. We take a lot of risks in who we defend, uh, standing up to politicians, saying our thoughts. Uh, if you come and yell at us and say, shut up, sit down, we don't want to hear you have to say, we'll just mouth off right back to you. I mean, that's not really safe. <laughs> and you should never tell somebody how to react. Do you understand? That's really dangerous. It is really dangerous. And especially with women, you do not want to squash them. I mean, that's really bad. That's not a good idea. But part of what happened between Ruben and Lisa was his own damn fault. Because he needed to learn how to stand up for himself. Yeah. And while well, Lisa's a fucking bitch for cheating on him with Claude, the nudist. And the, um... Scuba instructor. Yeah, the scuba instructor. I remember what it was. I wasn't in my mind. I, was <laughs> I know. What? She shouldn't have done that. Like, control yourself, woman. But she asked him, are you okay with me going scuba diving with him alone? And he said yes. And Claude picks her up in front of him. And carries her off. And he watches another man carry his woman off. Yeah. I, and he didn't say anything. No. I mean, if I were... In a romantic relationship with someone and I saw somebody pick up my significant other, I might go over and deck them. Yeah, but then I think it does kind of show up through later when he's in the bar, in the salsa bar with Polly. Yeah. And he's confronting that other gentleman in the bathroom. Like, don't come near my girlfriend Polly, blah, blah, blah. But he finally stood up for her. He stood up for himself. He stood up for her. Yes, that guy was gay. And he didn't have anything to worry about, and he handled it really well. He said, oh, well, can you teach me to dance like you? That was a great response. Instead of continuing like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I can't believe I did that. He said, oh, you know, I stuff for myself this great. And he, at one point, told Polly that he didn't want her to dance with him anymore. He did tell her yeah. that. And she basically said, hey, Ruben, I'm not Lisa. To me, this is just dancing. Well, be it salsa dancing is rather sexually suggestive in its own way. Yeah, it's like dry humping. Well, yeah, and you were in the salsa part. Yeah, and I couldn't handle that part of it. And people always wanted me to salsa. And I'm like, I'm asexual, so you don't touch me. But to her, this was just dancing and that's all it was. 
And they also were not at the same place in the relationship that him and Lisa were. They weren't even what they considered dating or casually dating. Yeah, and Polly really didn't like titles. And, you know, there are people in real life that are like that, too. I mean, look at Artem Chinyatsev and Nikki Bella. Yeah. I mean, just, just to name a real famous couple. They said that, too. But I think it's an important lesson, too, that just because you've been hurt by someone doesn't mean that anyone else who acts similar to them is going to be that person or as despicable as that person. And we've had that incident a lot where people are like, well, you remind me of blah, 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 blah. And so I'm going to treat you the same way I treated that person. Please don't. And I understand that because when I see a man who looks like my ex-husband or Rhea's ex-husband, I'm tempted to run screaming from the room. But I take a minute to pause and say, Rachel, that person is not your ex or Rhea's ex. That person is an individual. And just because their voice sounds like that other person or they might make the same looks at you, you have to give them a chance. Because you this in the autism community a lot. You've met exactly one person with autism. You've met exactly one person. Yeah, or just because you met one mean gay person, one nasty black person. One nasty mason. Yes, one bitchy woman who cheated on you doesn't mean that all black people are going to attack you. It doesn't mean that all women are going to two-time you. It doesn't mean that all Masons are going to attack your child. It doesn't mean that that person is going to hurt you just because they have similar characteristics to someone who did. No, and you have to remember that we're all individuals. And I think that's kind of one of the most important things we get carried away from this movie. You know, and I really feel like we need to really remember that you have met exactly one person. I'm not your cousin Jenny or your friend or your ex-friend Jennifer. I'm simply Rhea. Yeah, and Polly basically tells Ruben, you need to trust me that at our stage of the relationship, I can dance with whoever I want. And you have to trust me to make the correct decision. And then when he investigated it further, he found out that she was dancing sexually with a gay man who would never pursue it any further than that. And that she did know what she was doing. And he should have given her the benefit of a doubt. It was not wrong of him to ask questions, so. No. And then, of course, just like in, you know, Silver Linings Playbook, Lisa returns. And is like, oh, I made a mistake. Oh, I made a mistake. Yeah. Oh, no. I want you back. My favorite part is when they stab the pillows. Oh, yeah. They, like, break. Lisa's this, like, OCD, other control freak, too. She's a A-type personality. Yeah, and they, like, stab up those throw pillows. It's the really funny. Expensive down pillows. And they just, like, she's like, oh, that feels so good. <laughs> of course, Jennifer Aniston plays a waitress, not unlike she did in Friends, not unlike she did in Office Space. Yep. Which I With promise we'll do office space. Flare. <laughs> Pieces of flare. Yeah, we'll yep. do it at some point. She seems to be stuck in a rut with that. But you know what? She does it well. Of course, we have to talk about Alec Baldwin. Oh, God. That is a great... Oh, wow. That is... With his horrible, fake, New Yorker, Jewish accent. It sounds kind of like it should be on like in like Manhasset or something. 
It's which is so a place in, bad. Which is a place in New York State over on Long Island, Manhasset. Yeah. It is. And he plays Ruben's boss. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's so ridiculous. Oh, my God. And Alf Baldwin is a big man. I never really realized how giant he was until this fucking movie. I, I, in, 30, in 30 Rock, I noticed he was big. Yeah, but the most hilarious scene with Alec Baldwin. Because <laughs> he... He plays Stan, you know, Indersky of the who owns the like the insurance company, the insurance company, Indersky and Sons or something, whatever it's called. And he says, "I'm gonna go to the bathroom with you, Ruben." And Ruben's uncomfortable. He's like, "Oh God, oh God!" And he whips out his dick, you know, and he starts pissing. And then Stan walks over to him. Meanwhile, you know, there are five or so open stalls, the urinals. the urinals, and he picks one right next to him. So, if any men listening to this, can you enlighten us? Do men actually do this? When there are open stalls, do you choose to piss next to each other? I mean, for, for comparison, women yell over the bathroom stalls to each other. They do. Yeah, we do. Even if we're strangers, we do. Hey, excuse me, um, I need some toilet paper. Or... Uh, did did you see that waitress out there, rubber nose or something like that? You know, we say shit like that when you're in there. Or, oh, you need a tampon? I got one for you, honey. <laughs> Do men actually act that friendly in the bathroom? I mean, there's no dividers between them. So they just, like, watch each other. And they got their dicks out. I mean, <sighs> do you guys, like, compare or something? Is this... Something that is fun, and he does it twice because he does it when the we're talking. We just talking about the incident with the salsa instructor. He also is talking to him like, what, what, "What's happening?" Ugh, urinals no. are kind of gross. I'm afraid. Of them. You know, when I worked in a bar. There used to be some bar regular, and we never figured out who it was who would puke in the urinal and not clean it up. So what happens when a drunk person pukes in a urinal? And during drunk hour, at the time of night when people have been drinking and they're all drunk, guess what? People walk down there who are drunk and they don't notice that there's puke in the urinal and then they pee on the puke. What do you, what ha- what do you think happens, Rhea? They get clogged. Yeah, and then there's just like piss going everywhere. Or sometimes the drunk guys would stick toilet, not toilet paper, hand paper towels in the urinal too and clog it up like... What the fuck are you doing? When I was a kid, I had a lock-in at my Masonic Lodge, which is Tulsa Summit in Roseville, Minnesota, just in case anybody wants to know. As one of my friends, I was playing truth or dare to feed in the urinal. See, that's funny, though. That's hilarious. It's actually someone you know, but we're not going to name it. But I think that some of these guys were purposely clogging it or just being stupid and clogging it. The most hilarious thing is when guys bring their drinks down there and they, like, they, you know, they, they, like, have their dick in one hand and then they're drinking their, like, beer with the oh, other Oh, so hand. this was in one? It's in one, out the other? <laughs> and, like, oh, my God. I, you think that women's bathrooms are bad? Because they usually, they can get really bad because, you know, like, periods and shit. But, oh, my God, men's room. And there's always this other dude who would break down the divider too i think he i think it was a big guy that happened in our high school to the window women's room too though remember yeah but i think there was a big guy that would go down there and 
I think he would trip and fall on it and knock it over. <laughs> Which, okay, I don't support public urination, but that, at that point, maybe it is just better to go out to the parking lot. <laughs> at least you're not going to destroy the bathroom. <laughs> Anyways! What did you think of that? Was it a ferret that Polly had? She wasn't very nice to it. No. At one point, she smashes it into a garbage can. Yeah, or like she like leaves it behind in the end. And yeah. he's like chasing her down. He's like, you forgot your pet! He, when she tries to move away, she forgets the ferret. And then... When they go swimming, the ferret's just walking around the beach. It, and it runs into a tree. I think it's supposed to be old and blind. Yeah. I think that's what she said. That was really funny, though, when he got the runs in her apartment on their first date. And the ferret crawls under the door and is, is like, what are you doing? It's just like a cat. And it's like, and then he destroys her really expensive loofah. And her, um... Mother's mother, her, tell her grandmother, her grandmother embroidered. Yeah. And, but here's the funny thing about that. There's a scene in Family Guy where he like literally is like, Peter picks up the phone and says, I got to take this. Yeah, my friend, such and such, I forget which one of them it is, calls up and describes every scene in One Cave Polly. <laughs> remember that? Yeah, I do. I remember that. Oh, my God. And he talks, well, and because he's eating all this like spicy food and it's making him sick. And he's, like, talking about how I keep getting sick. But then there's Philip Seymour Hoffman's character. Who might be the, the, the best character in the whole show. That and the insurance. The guy getting insurance. The guy getting insurance. Was that Leland Van Loo? Yes. Leland Van, Van Loo was getting insurance. And he's just jumping off buildings. And getting bit by sharks. All right, guys. I would like some insurance, please. I uh, swear I won't die. And it's like, if there's a bad idea, he will try it. Yeah. He's very risky, and he wants them to insure him so bad. But they do actually end up doing it. After the great speech from Philip Seymour Hoffman, the Stanford Sandy. Samford. Sam, the, so after Samford Sandy, you know, Sandy Lyle guy that was played by Philip Seymour Hoffman, has to stand in for Reuben because Reuben has to chase down his love of his life. You know, oh no, don't go on the airplane, which happened all the time in Friends. Mm -hmm. So he stole that from there. And he's chasing her down. He's, he can't go to this, but he needs someone to go. So, so he has this. So Philip Seymour Hoffman's character has been an actor and he was in like some really bad movie. Mm -hmm. And he like, he's like, he's in the play Jesus Christ. Is it Superstar. Jesus Superstar, which is an Angela Weber. Go back to Cats if you want to know who that mm -hmm. is. And I've seen Jesus Christ Superstar live and in person when I was in high school. It was really good. I love it. Maybe we'll do that someday, too. And so Stan is like, okay, well, I guess Sandy can come here and do it this way. And, of course, Sandy just ensures the dude. He gives this, like beautiful speech and it's like the dumbest speech ever and it's it is like, it is exactly the dumbest speech ever and they figure out that he's not reuben but they listen to him anyways and they say well we're gonna give him this insurance that seems great and at the very end when he goes back when reuben and polly go back to the island that claude guy tries to hit on polly and it doesn't work because 
He's like, well, let's go scuba diving. Nope, we're going with Leland instead. Yep. And, of course, there is a Kevin Hart cameo in here. Yeah. So, Kevin Hart was one of Sandy's cameramen in his, like, little ETV thing. <laughs> Which he didn't even actually officially ever sell to anybody. Nope, he just hired two guys. Kind of like Jesse Smollett. <laughs> oh, man! Ooh! I hope Don Lemon felt that burn. <gasps> Anyways. <laughs> we need... <laughs> so it's just things like that are going to happen and people who have need to like blow their own ego will definitely hire their own cameraman and he had a taste of fame and he wanted to keep it and he was willing to cheat to keep it he oh. figured well if I record this and send it to E they'll love it and then they'll put it on air Oh, is that where A.G. James learned? Oh, my God. It is. Because it took place in New York State. Ouch, bitch. Ooh. But then, just like in Silver Lines Playbook, Ruben's dad gives this beautiful piece of advice at the end to Sandy. But it was for Ruben, too, where he tells him you can't live in the past. And you can't let the past define you. And I know you're always famous, but you had to carve a new path for yourself. And it's okay that that didn't work out. You'll build something else. And Ruben thinks, well, you know, it's okay that it didn't work out with Lisa. And I should stop being hung up on her. And I should start going for the woman I truly love. Polly. Because mm -hmm. in life, sometimes you are with people or you have that job or you have that friend and they were only supposed to be there for a period of time. You learned mm -hmm. something from them. They they may have kept you alive. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they may have given you their your children. Yeah. Like, I have a baby daddy. Yeah. That I'm not with. And Or they may have taught you the best music you ever will find. Most of the music that I like, that we like, is either something that our dad liked or something that my ex liked. Or that we found through Les Mills. And it doesn't mean that it should never have happened or that you made a mistake and that you should live in regret. But sometimes these things only are supposed to be a part of your life for part of your life. They're not supposed to be there for your entire life. And this is hard to get past, to not get hung up on, is that some relationships don't last forever. Because... A lot of people, especially people that enjoy stable relationships, where Ruben at one point says, I like being married. I don't want to go run around and just sleep around. He tells Sandy that this isn't time for me to be free. I don't like that lifestyle. That's not who I am. People like that don't want to see anybody leave. No. But they're almost the ones that they need to have something drastic happen to them. Mm -hmm. People who are stuck in their ways. People who don't understand that there is always more out there. And I used to be like that. Well, so did I. And in some ways, I still am. I, I don't want to give up my friendships, and I don't give up on them very easily. And I think that's also an honorable characteristic, that you are not always on to the next thing. But sometimes, the universe and life is telling you that you need to. Sometimes, if you don't move on... The consequences could actually be more dire than if you 
than if you, you know, stay. You have to move on sometimes in order to advance yourself in life. Like, let's say you're stuck in this menial career and it's you're just you're just a mediocrity employee. You're just you're just, you're just you know satisfied for mediocrity. Well, if you're going to stay there, and somebody offers you this amazing thing, and you say no, I don't want it. Yeah, I love my job. I love my boss. I can't leave. Your husband, your ex-husband, was very much like that. He was so much like that. Stubborn Taurus, not willing to try anything new. And that's also not good. you got to find a balance uh, between loyalty and living on the wild side. There's a good balance. Now, if you combine Silver Linings Playbook and Along Came Polly, what would happen if they stayed with their exes? Their exes would break their hearts again. And these sensitive men may not survive it. No. Especially in Silver Linings Playbook, when he lost his will to live. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And I bet Ruben would have too. Oh, I'm sure. And there can be really bad consequences to holding on to trashy people, garbage people. Yeah, like, you know, let's just say that a good example, I think, would be the CNN situation right now. And the fact that, you know, these guys are grasping at their, oh, no, our poor former CEO, Jeff Zucker. Oh, no, 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 no. But what they don't realize is that him being gone means that they had even more opportunities for advancement. But to me, it looks like Zucker made them very reliant on them and trained them to think that nobody will love you the way I do, which is something abusers do. And I mean, in a way, if you look at this, Lisa is an abuser because she's just like, well, I need you, I need you, I need you, I need you, I need you. I can come and go as I please. And if I feel like sleeping with someone else, I can leave and enjoy myself for a while. And then come waltzing back in and beg you to take me back. Because it's all about what I want and your feelings don't matter. Yeah. And you can't fuck with people like that. No. And you have to learn to grow with where you are. Soulmates, do they exist? Yes. Do you have more than one soulmate? Yes. Yeah, and a huge part of this was Ruben learning that he mattered to stand up for himself and to create healthy boundaries with people. And abuse is never your fault, but you need to realize, and as someone who is a survivor, I can say this, you need to realize that you have the power and the ability to walk away and say no, and tell them to fuck off. In America, you're allowed to quit that job. You're allowed to get divorced. You can move out and get a studio apartment by yourself. People do it all the time. We're we're not in countries where you're not allowed to do that, where you're going to get killed if you do that. No. And if anyone is telling you otherwise, they're an idiot, and they probably should have their heads examined. Yeah. And... They trick you into thinking that you can't, that you Mm -hmm. can't make it without them. But America is set up where you can make it on your own, which is one of the things I do love about America. There's a lot I don't like, but that's one of the great things. And I hate it when people say, why don't you just leave an abusive relationship? Because they brainwash you. Yes. They make you think that no one else will love you. You're never going to make money on your own. And you're never going to have any friends, et cetera, et cetera. 
I mean, I never want to be someone else's, you know, backup, whipping girl, backup whipping girl. But when you find your voice, oh my God, just like Ruben did. And I, I see him, I see myself reflected in him that when you find your voice, you're never going to shut up. And he, he, he wanted to make, he, he took a, he took Lisa out to Stanley's play, which turned into a disaster. That was Sandy's play? Yeah, to Sandy's play, and that turned into a disaster. That was hilarious, because Sandy wanted the spotlight so bad that he decided that he was going to play both Judas and Jesus Christ. I don't think that would work. <laughs> well, and the Dirty Jobs guy always says that, I can't remember his name, but he always says, do every single job like it is the most important job in the entire world. And even if it is cleaning toilets or coal mining or whatever it is that you think is menial, flipping burgers, running a drive-thru, do it to the best of your ability. And people will notice that you work hard and that you're really good. And it will lead to other opportunities because that is the law of attraction. No job is meaningless. No. And and, and he should have been like, I'm going to be the best damn Judas ever. Yes, and that's the thing, is that, like, he probably would have gotten noticed a lot more if he'd done that. Instead, he definitely got noticed because he crashed through the entire set and ruined the entire play. Yep. And I don't think that was the same type of attention that he wanted. Well, no, I mean, you're going to be remembered for something. Make it something good, not be like, well, that's the person who did blah, 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 and they hurt X and Y and Z and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, he thought that taking out the lead and becoming the lead would get him what he wanted instead of being the best at what he had been given, the opportunities that he had been given. And so many people think that. There's a lot of lessons in here. But I think that also Ben Stiller is a great comedian. The dancing scene, when he learned how to be a professional dancer, was hilarious, though. He made it so funny. I mean, I would guess that Ben Stiller does at least want to dance a little bit because he dances in Zoolander. Yeah. So I would guess that he probably knows how. Yeah. Maybe not great at it, but he knows how. But it was hilarious. And it was just, like, really weird, like... And he, he touches her and he goes, this is like he got burned. Like, oh, she's so hot. And everyone's like, yay! <laughs> and he claps, like, three times before he... And he was having fun! He was enjoying it. But... The eye contact, the sizzling eye contact between Jennifer Aniston and Ben Stiller almost made me uncomfortable because it was so intense. They just looked into each other like, oh, I love you. I I wouldn't be surprised if they were really good friends offset. Neither would I. Because <laughs> they seemed to, wow, I mean, there were just like sparks flying off from them. Damn. Of course. Interesting, though, that his OCD didn't get in the way of him having sex. <laughs> that was weird. I think that they might have uh, need to educate themselves on what OCD is. But, you know, that's okay. They tried. Yeah, and um, what's interesting, I think, about Ben Stiller and Jennifer Aniston is that they support charities such as Declare Yourself, the Elizabeth Glazer Pediatric AIDS Foundation. He does it with himself, Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, and the late, great Robin Williams. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. Um, 
And also, he was actually appointed the Goodwill Ambassador for UNHCR on July 2nd in 2018. So, Stiller is a very philanthropic person. Yeah. And I like that about him, honestly. I do. I like funny people. I enjoy comedians. And I like people who, actors and actresses, who can get a message across, a deep message across through comedy. And this film definitely does that. There's a lot to be learned from this fun film. And it'll also just make you laugh. Yeah. And I think that it's just one of those things where um, it makes sense. And I personally thought that Ben Stiller and his wife were divorced. The answer to that question is no. They figured things out in oh. 2017. Okay. Well, and I think what makes Ben Stiller a good person is you can genuinely tell that when he's acting, he's having a good time, and he's obviously not being a jerk. Like, some actors are very... Yeah, they are. Yeah. And even Alec Baldwin was having fun in here, and I feel so bad for everything that's gone down with Alec Baldwin recently, where people hate him and they're calling for him to be arrested because he accidentally shot someone and killed him because one of his set employees was incompetent and you can tell that he really loved that line of work but this movie also shows how messy relationships are and that's one of the reasons why we like Silver Lightning's playbook too is that fairy tale romance doesn't exist yes it's fun to watch Beauty and the Beast and be and say oh they lived happily ever after and he wasn't a beast anymore woohoo and and it just went from there. And that's just not how relationships are. They are gross. You're going to have to explore yourself. You're going to have to take chances, get messy, make mistakes. Ha ha. <laughs> Emma, my daughter likes Miss Frizzle and the Magic School Bus a little too much. And mental health issues are a part of relationships too. And, and I like movies that aren't afraid to touch on that. You know, and in the end, you know, when he's chasing after, it's very similar to when, to the to one of the last scenes in um, Silverland Playbook where he's like chasing after yeah. this person and he, he hits the car and for some reason it like celebrities, they like tap the car like, okay, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. There was definitely some running in here. There was a little bit of running. <laughs> or like, what's really funny though is that in the beginning he was really stalking her. He calls up information and gets her information. Like, they used this number you could call, and it was called information. Yep. I think it was like 411 or something. Okay, Something just, like that. And you could be like, I need the number for Sally Smith. Yeah. And he got her number. He got her address. You probably shouldn't do this. I wouldn't recommend it. And then he just shows up outside her place. Oh, I just ran into you. And he asks her out. And... She can't decide because she's acting like a Libra. Yep, she's indecisive. That's her shtick. And he also makes this list between his ex. With he does with the risk taker program that he uses for work. Yeah, and he compares Polly and Lisa. And Polly finds it. And not unlike what happens in France when uh, Ross makes the list. Yes! Yes! <laughs> and She's furious, but he explains that this is just how his mind works, and he was confused, and Lisa coming back was a mind fuck, and yeah, 
just a few weeks ago he was with her of course he's a little messed up and that's how he was processing it and organizing it and he asked her not to judge his methods just like she asked him not to judge who she dances with because they needed at that point in their relationship they needed the freedom to explore their own thoughts and feelings and figure out who they were because I think a lot of people do this where they like they don't know who they are and they just kind of wander aimlessly through life Oop -de -doop -de -doop. Who am I? Oop -de -doop -de -doop. Am I this person? Am I that person? Am I this person? Am I that person? And in some ways, Polly was his rebound girl. In a lot of ways. Yeah. But sometimes, we'll use this, art, this again, like in the Artem Shinyatsev, Nikki Bella situation, that worked out in their favor. Sometimes it does. And she calms down and she says, well... Reading this, I actually did learn something about myself from this, and she seemed almost thankful for it. And he basically says, Lisa never stood a chance, I just needed to convince myself. Because he did love her at one point, or at least he thought he did. Just like with Rachel and myself, you know, being divorced people, and anybody else who's divorced or, you know, been through a long term relationship that did not work out. Um, I think we get a little confused. We're like, okay, well, do I want to date this person? Or wait, no, maybe I'm like this. Or maybe I'm like that. Or maybe I'm like this. Oh, am I, a, am I an ace? Oh, am I a lesbian? Oh, I don't understand. Yeah, and he realized making that list that those two women were very, very different. Yes. And he processed the reality that Polly is not Lisa. And... He understood it, and then she understood some things about herself and more about him, and it ended up being a good thing. And I think that Ruben really had this ability to kind of manipulate and move things in his advantage that he never realized until he no, met Polly. I think Polly was the wake-up call that he needed. And while she's a blumbering idiot who's just trying to make her way through life and has no idea what's going on, you could tell that her attentions were good because... She always paused to listen to him, and then they learned from each situation together where Lisa just reacted to everything. And Lisa was a very, the, like, those are called reactionary people. Yeah, and she just ran away screaming and just doing the next thing and never paused. Like, oh, you're such an idiot for doing this. I don't like your OCD. I don't like that you went and bought a house. Blah, 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 because she went and slept with someone else right when you bought that house. She did it, I think, kind of to get even with him. Yeah. Like, well, you made this decision without me, so I'm going to make it without you. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, well, my initial reaction is to get defensive. Okay, maybe it was an act of love. But I think in the beginning, I think he was portrayed as somebody who just wanted control of absolutely everything. And those people never have control of anything. Mm -hmm. Trust me, they don't. Like... You know, I'm very, like, go with the flow, but don't, you know, talk down to me. Don't treat me like I'm stupid type person. Yeah. But, like, as long as you're going to be nice and you're going to treat me with respect, respect goes a long way. And I think in the beginning, I think he was a doormat. He was a doormat, but he was also wanted to have too much control, too. Mm, that's, you can have, and you can be both. Yes, yeah. you can be. Well... A lot of people, and I say this with love because I have OCD, will choose 
to organize something in the same way all the time and have that OCD and control that part of their life because they don't have control over other areas of their life. Like I think a really good one, especially for me, is that when I'm sleeping at night, I have to have my pillows have to be very specific. The covers have to be perfectly aligned. This yeah. is true. My weighted blanket has to be perfectly aligned. You know, I need to have my stuffed animals. I need to have my this, my that. And I have to have my supplements in a certain order. They all have to be organized in a certain order, which is a little weird because we all take supplements out of the same bottles. In this house, all three of us do. <laughs> yeah, we do. But that's how OCD manifests itself, and it doesn't always make sense. And it doesn't mean that you control every aspect of your life. No, like no. That. And he definitely did that. And... He learned to lighten up in certain areas, and then he learned to love part of his OCD, and he learned to stand up for himself, and they seem like they're a good pair because they just kept growing together. I have a genuine question. Do you think Ben Stiller has OCD in real life? Probably. I would bet so. He, he played it too well. Well, and I had a person in my life who is not here anymore, but he always told me that you are who you hang out with. Mm -hmm. And this shows that that is true. If you're hanging out with a jerk, you're going to emulate that jerk. Behavior is contagious. Yes, it is. And if someone is abusing you too, it is going to affect how you make decisions and how you view the world and the jobs you get and you keep. And that's why it's so, so dangerous to keep toxic people around. I can't do that. No, you... it. It can be harmful. You can lose out on the biggest opportunities of your life because of that. And your mind will also just kind of melt when you're around someone like that. Which I'm is, not saying you can't be around people with mental health issues. No. Heavens no. No, 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 no. I mean, let's look at this for just a second. Rachel and I both have OCD. Mm -hmm. We both have DID. Yep. We both have PTSD. We both have anxiety. We both have depression. And God only knows what else. Yes. I don't know. I don't know everything because they can't tell you everything. But we genuinely support each other, have the same level of vibrational energy, and have the same goals. And if you have someone in your life who isn't rooting for you to succeed, who's close to you, you are not going to succeed. There is no way around it. And that is a very, very difficult lesson to learn. Well, and I think that's one of the most important lessons in this whole movie, actually. Because when you love someone, you don't want to, a lot of people don't want to give up on them. I know I didn't want to give up on my ex-husband. Like, but neither did I. I mean, I thought I loved, but we, it, that wasn't real love. That was lust and weird desires. that did. And infatuation and being manipulated. Yes. And people can, and I think in a weird, sick, twisted way, if Ruben hadn't have been with Polly when he made the decision about Leland, and he'd been with Lisa instead. He would not insure him. I think you're right. I don't he know. Wouldn't I mean, have taken the risk to yes, insure him. Yes, I think that that's another thing that we need to talk a little bit about. And he would never have gone scuba diving. No, because with Lisa, he played it all too safe, and he she would just get mad at him and leave him, and. She had no idea how to speak to him on his level and coach him and get him to take risks. Do you think that Lisa and his 
character had broken up before. I I always thought that. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I've seen the movie probably 50, 60 times. And I love how Alec Baldwin Stan said, oh, I never liked her. She was a fucking whore. Well, why didn't you say anything earlier? <laughs> and I think that there's just so many of these type of movies like that exist where they're love stories, yes, but they're love stories with the extra. You know what I mean? They're like love stories with the extra, whether, you know, fear of commitment, which is what I think uh, Polly was supposed to have, or whether you have OCD, like Ben Stiller's character, Ruben has, because these things are real. I mean, a lot of times, like, again, we see these in, like, fairy tales. We're like, and they lived happily ever after, and nobody ever had anxiety or depression, or blah, 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 blah. And uh, Polly was just this wild woman who never wanted to settle down and never wanted to be tamed or roped in. And Ruben just wanted stability and one wife forever and didn't want to explore his options and and always wanted to play it safe. And they balanced each other out because he needed a little more wildly and she needed to calm down a little bit. Yes, and just remember the views expressed in this podcast are simply our own. We're trying to try to dissect a movie for you. Yeah. We're not telling you that this is the way. I don't think that you can are always going to find a partner to balance you out who is a romantic partner. I think that sometimes it can be a best friend. Like my sister. Yeah. Or your parent. Let's say you call your mom or dad regularly and they help balance you out. You know? Um, it doesn't necessarily need to be someone you're dating. You can find that level of stability and empowerment, self-empowerment, and self-love on your own, too. Yes, you can love yourself. Yeah, you don't need to get out of a relationship and two weeks later get into another one. No. And that's that's how some people do things. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. No. Do I pretend to be perfect? No. And that's the beauty of this movie is it teaches you we are not all perfect. It does. Yeah. That sometimes it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Who you were and where you're coming from doesn't always make sense. No, it does not. And it's about the journey. Like Ruben's dad said, it is about the journey there. It's not even always about the destination or what happened in the past. It's about what you're going to do. You can only take the next step. You can only do the next right thing. And you have to just have an open mind. Self-reflect. Don't expect perfection of yourself or anybody else. Mm -mm, don't do that. And sometimes if you're not compatible with someone, that's okay. And sometimes, just like in this movie, your compatibility with that person changes over time. Yeah. And for instance, I would not romantically be compatible with a man. Ever. But I can have men friends. Yep. Male friends. Same is true. But because I'm a lesbian, sometimes... I clash really badly with men sometimes. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because, well, sometimes there is something wrong with it. And partly because mm, some men don't like the lesbian attitude. And that I, I'm not going to be like, oh, you're so hot. Oh, you're so cute. And you worked out. That's great. I'm never going to do that because that's not how my brain is wired. And some men who think that being gay is wrong are going to be very angry when you don't interact with them that way. Yeah, and I think that, you know, again, that, that Claude guy represents 
that person. Yes. I would say that that's very much the way Claude is supposed to represent. I want everyone to want to fuck me. 24-7, 365. Well, you know what? The lesbians are not going to want to fuck you because you're a man. It's because that's how our brains are wired. And don't take it personally, but some men do. I get a lot of messages on Whisper. And we talk about Whisper quite often. With people saying, would you like to marry me or would you like to see my dick? And I'm like, no. No, I really don't want to see your dick. Now, I'm good. Forever. No dicks. It's too gross. I think it's just interesting that two opposites from two different worlds come together and they make perfect sense. Yeah. So let us know what you guys think. Is there anything else you want to add? No. So we are going to end the podcast here. For the record, generally we post podcasts every single Tuesday. It is a, They are available on all podcast networks or platforms yep if they are not there let us know and we will help you find particular podcast do not give me the take your podcast off spotify crap because i don't care no we're not going to be doing what the mob says you don't tell us what to do also if you like listening to us talk you may enjoy our youtube channel entitled the gala sisters that channel is not monetized to date, but it will be very soon. Over there, we do more with politics, disabilities, chronic illness, and, of course, current events. Yes. We generally post videos every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday at 12 p. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central figure it out if you're in one of those time zones because I'm not going to sit here and tell you. We also go live over there on Sunday, at least most Sunday nights. We also may very well do some special lives and all kinds of cool things. Mm -hmm. And also go follow us on Facebook at the Gala Sisters, Twitter at the Gala Sisters, Instagram at the Gala Fam, and TikTok at Gavin with the Gala Sisters. Actually, we have two TikToks. There's a Gala Sister TikTok too, so you might enjoy that. And we do media, quick media news breaks on Facebook. So, I mean, hey, reactivate your Facebook and go check it out. I guess you can look at our website too, which our website is www.thegalasisters.com. And there's little blurbs about each podcast episode that we do over on our website. So go check that out. We made our website ourselves. We did not pay anyone to do that. And we hope that you like it because this is just a two-woman team. And we do this because we love it. We enjoy it. We haven't made any money so far. But that will change because, you know, we got to pay the bills. So if you want to help us out, then go ahead and buy some merch and rep your Gabin with the Gala Sisters merch. Or you could also throw us a phone and buy us some coffee if you want to donate to this. Because why would you continue to enjoy what we're doing completely for free? I mean, nobody wants to do anything for free forever. That doesn't seem very nice. But yeah, if you want to add an ad or sponsor a podcast episode, then email us and we'll walk you through it. So thank you so much for joining us today. We will talk to you again next week. Bye! Bye.